ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for What Do You Call It Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What Do You Call It Podcast. I'm your host, GB, and I'd like all the listeners to know it's coming home. The Euros have started. I'm in a good mood today, and uh, today's guest is a true veteran of pro wrestling. Please give it up for the franchise player, Shady Natris. How you doing today, mate? You all right? You doing all right, man? Are you? Yeah, not too bad, man. Not too bad. It's the yeah, weekend. <laughs> Can't complain at all. Uh, just before we do uh, talk wrestling, I just wanted to ask you, who do you think will win Euro 2020? As much as I'd like to say England, I think Italy might come away with it. That's a good shout, mate. That's a good shout. I mean, I know they looked good yesterday. Uh, I'm sort of leaning towards more Portugal, maybe. Uh, I want to say Belgium, but I just don't think Belgium defensively are as good as everyone else. So, I mean, not not saying they're the worst, but compared to, like, you know, <laughs> Italy. So, um, it'd be interesting. It'd be very interesting. I like seeing England progress, but uh, I think it's going to be a lot tougher than people think. But uh, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. <laughs> so, uh, as I see in your T-shirt, before we do talk about your career and yourself, I just want to ask the listeners, why do you hate wrestling fans? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it, it started originally at target wrestling when uh, i had i had uh, turned into a heel because i was sick of being in my hometown wrestling international the fans cheered for them for them every month they uh, mm -hmm. still preferred the favorites from the tv that's fair that's fair it does happen as a regular watcher and uh, you know i attend a lot of live shows i will find myself cheering unfortunately the international stars as opposed to the homegrown talent so i understand your frustration as you know as a you know a uk talent so it, it could probably fuck off a bit but uh no i just wanted to ask because i saw it and it sort of stood out to me so i had to ask so you've been involved in the wrestling business for nearly 20 years is that correct just to double check yeah starts uh 20 year uh, next month oh okay nice 20th anniversary and uh now that you are able to do live wrestling uh, have you got anything planned for the anniversary uh, we, well, we've got a show, maybe, I think it's about four days before my actual, the exact date of uh, the, the 20th anniversary. I think it was the 21st of July, 2001 was my first one. And we have a Tiger Wrestling show on the 17th of July. So uh, it's four days before and uh, hopefully it'll be a good turnout and, uh, and uh, a nice win for myself on my uh, anniversary. Nice, man. Hopefully you get the W there. Uh, so what actually made you a wrestling fan in the first place? Sort of rewind the clocks here. So we've just talked about the anniversary. But let's go back to the beginning, even before you became a wrestler. What made you a fan? Um, it was just, it was a mixture between uh, the entertainment and the sporting contest. Mm -hmm. um, I, it was probably um, 91, 92, where... WCW was on ITV on a on a Saturday night, and uh, it was late night, so so my parents would record it for me and uh, and uh, play that VHS over and over again. And uh, yeah, that, that just started it. And I've got um I've got three brothers, so once uh, once we all started uh, 
enjoying watching it. It kind of uh, overtook us and we might have wrecked the house a few times. <laughs> so uh, do not try us at home when over all your heads and I bet that was fun for your parents. <laughs> Did any of them become wrestlers um, by any chance? <laughs> yeah. all, all, all four of us have wrestled. Um, my my niece has been a, a valet. My, my parents have have drove the ring van. My mum sold tickets and merch. My girlfriend sold merch. My girlfriend uh, designed my T-shirt here. Nice, nice. Um, I like it. And yeah, it, like it is a, a family thing for us. Um, and the, now that we've we've reached this stage where we we know what we're doing, we we're uh, enjoying the Tiger Wrestling shows. Um, mm. And I like, I like uh, the fact that now my kids can see me doing what. I enjoy doing, and they they go to school, and there's not there's not many other parents that can say that they're a wrestler. <laughs> my dad gets body slammed on the weekend. <laughs> oh, my, my youngest daughter, she's actually been to wrestling shows from the age of uh, four days old. <laughs> so <hell. laughs> I, have, uh, I have a photo of her and Ricochet uh, from five days old, and like they're they're the memories for me now. It's it's about the moments that wrestling can bring. Mm. Yeah, that's cool, man. Um, I was going to ask later, but I'll ask it now because you have mentioned Target Wrestling. Um, is this a promotion that you would call home? Uh, what, yes. If so, what is it that makes it a special place for you? Well, it's it's actually run by my brother. He he's he's the uh, the booker in charge, and um, it's had several uh, people help him over the years. But mm -hmm. I. Uh, being a, a homegrown talent, I've kind of been the more experienced out of the, the the team that we've trained up. So I've I've been fortunate to be in the position to to work the big names. But now now we're we're progressing uh, to the next level where our trainees can work with uh, international stars. Like we've had trainees work with Raven, Too Cool, mm. Blue Beanie, MJF. So it's it's cool for us to be able to sit back and watch our our hard work pay off mm. by having having these people have these big matches it must make you feel like in a way like a proud parent you know seeing your children grow up you know yeah absolutely and we we do take take pride in in our trainees because we know we know how hard it is we mm. and back like we we actually started training in 1999 paying uh, over the odds to join a wrestling school Never mind paying the, the weekly fee that was on top of that. The place had no insurance. It was in a boxing room. We, uh, we'd wrestle for an hour and a half, and it got to the point where the guy that was running it just uh, basically unlocked the door, let us in, and then went and then came back to lock up later. And then one week, he just didn't turn up. We <laughs> 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 had to find somewhere else to go. So we ended up going to Stoke, which... Uh, it's a bit of a trek from Carlisle, so we we mm. have a, a three-hour drive, five hours most weeks on mats, and then three hours back. But it got us tired, and it's what we wanted to do. That's commitment, mate. Honestly, like I mean, people forget as well. I mean, I've, I've only done training once, and that was enough for me. But I think <laughs> fans in general, not to, not the ones that you hate, but in general, do sometimes forget <laughs> what you have to go through. No, it's not. You know. It's not all glamorous. Like the training is fucking hard. So for you to do that, then drive to Stoke to Carlisle, uh, just just can't imagine it being fun, mate. But that's, that's, that's kind of, 
I, I do sometimes think it's too easy now mm. for wrestling. We we got into the business because we wanted to be in the business. Mm-hmm. And now you can just, oh, there's a train skill five minutes down the road. I'll just turn up there. And you, you do see some trainees. I know I know some we've had ones that come to our school and like we we've also trained in various other places, but you see people that they don't want it enough for me. And mm. I'm not saying that I'm not saying everybody has to want to be WWE superstar, but you have to be able to commit to try as hard as you can. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's and that's why I've been offering to help people like mm. on social media. Yeah, I've seen you do that because I've seen like other wrestlers, I'm not going to mention them, but they, they'll be like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll review your matches, I'll help you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you've been in during times like this as well. And I think that's fucking awesome that you've been doing that. And it's like, it's, it is something I enjoy doing. We didn't get taught anything. Mm. We didn't get taught about uh, match structure and psychology and things. Like, we didn't even get told how long the matches were going to be at first. So <laughs> we just kind of went out there. For, for likes of myself, who, who's had the experience of being with a variety of names. We, mm. Do you know what I mean? We've got people like Greater Khan's in New Japan now, uh, Jeff Cobb, uh, but then I've worked with Al Snow, Jay Lethal. Drew McIntyre. Yeah, all, all different styles. Mm. But we've been in the ring, like I've been in the ring with them, so I can take bits of what everybody said. And that's that's how I work myself. Mm. So I, I want to try and help people to even just like open their eyes to them to go, oh, I didn't think of that. I, I have no I've no qualms with anybody who doesn't follow what I say. If if they don't want to, that's on that's up to them. Yeah. But I'll give them my opinion and wrestling's subjective. So it's up to it's up to them what they want to how they want to present themselves. Yeah. Um, and I think pretty much every person that I've done it for so far has said, I never thought of that or mm. oh, I didn't think about it like that. And that's kind of what I want to do. I want to open people's eyes to to different ways of doing things, rather than going, "Oh, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that," because that, you're not. That's that's not constructive. That that doesn't help people. If if the wrestlers are better, that means the shows are better, which means that more people come in the door, which means the fans get a better experience, which means there's more money being made for the promoters, which means there's more money being made for the wrestlers. There's more shows to be on. Mm-hmm. Everybody wins. Literally everybody wins. There's yeah. no, no downside to people being better. Yeah, no, I like your take on that as well because I think you know some people wrestling is subjective, but I think some wrestlers cannot take criticism. But at the same time, if you're gonna give criticism, be constructive. You know, don't just say your match was shit. <laughs> that's my example all the time. Like if, if fans, if a fan doesn't like a match, that's fine because mm. it's their taste. But to say I don't like it because it was shit, <laughs> that, that doesn't help anybody. <laughs> and like, I, like I, I do understand it because you, you, you can watch a match and be frustrated because you're yeah, not enjoying yeah, it. Yeah. If you're willing to go, look, this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think if they did this, I'd enjoy it more. And you know what I mean? There's, there's wrestlers I don't like watching, but I, I, I'm not going to say, oh, I don't like him because he's shit. I'll say, mm. I'll like I don't like him because I don't understand why he does this. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to the rest of, of like his character. Or do you know what I mean? It, it's like I've, I've really nitpick on things. <laughs> and uh, and that's, for, but that's like 
that's what I do. I like I do that when I watch wrestling for myself. Mm-hmm. I I pick my stuff. If if you ever watch my match with Ricochet, just before the finish, there's a split second that nothing goes wrong, but it doesn't happen how it was gonna happen, mm. and it really annoyed me. And nobody else even notices it, but it annoys me because I I want to kind of cut down on on anything in my matches where people mm. can go, oh well that's fake, that's rubbish, that he's not he can't do that, whatever. And if I can see them, that means other people can see them. But yeah, that's like um, I back when Facebook was first becoming a thing, um, like YouTube, you had to, I had to upload a YouTube match in two parts because that's a, that's how bad YouTube was. Um, oh. <laughs> I I would send my matches off to wrestlers on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Just hey, any chance if you if you have a spare bit of time, and I got I got some feedback, and now I I want. To pass that on um yeah and with the last year i've wanted to stay relevant <laughs> so i've i've tried to be more active online yeah no i think it's it's good to talk with that feedback as well i think um as we've said before like a lot of fa- like a lot of wrestlers i think more of the younger ones they don't want to hear anything negative because we do live in that sort of everyone needs to be protected sort of you know your opinion you know even if it's yeah. just an opinion but some people just don't like to hear it even if it's good or bad but but um, I think that's why I do really like, like your social media. It's good. I really enjoy it. <laughs> um, one thing I do want to ask as well, because um, you talked about your training as well, what were some of the, besides the travelling, what were uh, some of the other things that were some of the biggest challenges for you when it came to training to be a wrestling um, uh, wrestler? So. Like like I said, we, we didn't really get taught anything. We got taught, mm-hmm. like, your basics and, like, literally you the mechanical side of it, we got learned, we got taught how to to tie up, to do your holds, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> and then you kind of get thrown in the deep end, and you do like we we were lucky because when by the time we were wrestling, we had we had kind of figured out by ourselves at home mm-hmm. how how it worked. So we kind of. Okay, if if he goes to suplex me, if if I if I like help, it's gonna be easier for me. <laughs> because if if somebody's trying to suplex you and they force you over, it's gonna hurt a lot more than you helping yourself. Yeah. So we kind of picked that up by ourselves and and we already had an idea of selling and things. So we we kind of we feel like we kind of taught ourselves enough to get the progression to to at least appear ready but yeah it was uh it was it was a tough time and as i said nobody told you anything you just mm. kind of got thrown in the deep end and that's fine <laughs> I, I can i can wrestle now i don't like people go on the argument of pre-planning matches and things i i'm happy either way if if you mm. want to plan your match fine i might not like it might not go to plan because the fans might not be into it mm. If you if you have an idea, at least you've got somewhere to go. Yeah. Um, when I wrestled Al Snow, Al Snow was like my favorite wrestler growing up. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, I was shitting myself, and I had seen I had seen the likes of Tough Enough and things like that, where I had seen how how uh, how hard he was on on the trainees and things. So yeah, proper strict. Yeah, I was I was really nervous, and one of the things with Al is. 
his his sense of humor is really really dry. Mm. So you never know if you never know if he's if he's joking or not. But then we're planning the match backstage, and I went like loosely planning the match. We had to start and finish. He says, "Just call call whatever you want out there. I might not do it." <laughs> so so I was, <laughs> just sat there pretending I was full of confidence. Um, and at the time, I was still a face. And we were in Carlisle, my hometown. Got in the ring, and uh, he got in the ring. And then the ref comes over, and he says, uh, "He says, Al says you're the heel now." So I shit myself again because I had to come back the month after as the good guy again. So it's like uh, quickly think on the fly how how do I do this? And I was just I was just a more aggressive version of myself, no cheating, but. As I say, appeared more aggressive than Al did, so it looked like I was more of a bad guy than him, and it all worked. Um, and then this is this was another thing with the uh, asking for feedback, because I knew what Al was like. Um, I asked him how it went after the match, and uh, he he just said good. So I kind of like just stood there a bit confused, <laughs> um, and I worked a show with him the day after. Not wrestling, I didn't wrestle him the second day. Yeah. So. Um, but I went up to him and I like I said I said look Al says was can you tell me something that I did wrong yesterday and he gave us a tip he gave us like just he's like just this small thing he says it happened in the match he had the second night he says just think about that and it was like that's it that's fine you've given me something I can work on that's that means that it's it's even more of a positive note that I had the match mm. if there was something that he wants to critique do you feel like he would have definitely said it or do you feel like you know, what he said was, okay, I actually feel like I did do a good job. Well, I think, I do think he would have said, because it's it's no loss to him. If Yeah, that's true. From, from that point of view, because by that point, the match has already been and gone. Yeah. So, um, and I had, uh, I had overheard him pointing out a few things to some other, some other the wrestlers, mm-hmm. um, and like said what he thought they would, they'd done wrong. And like he, like he even said, oh, well, you, you could have done this and because we did that in our match and Shady did it perfectly. So I was like... Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I just sat there with like a smug look on my face. Uh, I can imagine, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, you know, it, was, it was like such a tiny thing. But yeah. I think it, it was something along the lines of uh, every time he, he reached to go and get the head, I'd like grab his arm to kind of like pull him away from it. Mm. And it was such, such like... You think about it, it's such a minor detail, but for me it made sense at the time. And then mm. obviously I'll agree that it does because he's had that sort of match over and over again. No, that's wicked, man. Now that you basically you have mentioned now, Snow, uh, I do want to ask as well now. Um, basically discuss more of your international opponents that you have wrestled against. Uh, basically, want to know what they like to work with. Some guys like uh, Shane Strickland, Tommy End, uh, recently released as the Black. Chris Masters and a personal favorite of mine, Paul London. Uh, I genuinely love him. I love Lundre. I love the Ring of Honor. One of my first yep. favorite independent superstars that I really liked. Yep. But um, I just want to hear from you, the man that's been inside working with them inside Square Circle. What was it like for you? Okay, I'll save I'll save uh, Mr. London till last because uh, that's probably uh, he's he is a, a genuine. He's one of my best friends now. So it's like so Chen uh, Strickland. I'd only watched a few of his matches before I worked with him, mm-hmm. but we had a chemistry right away and it worked. And like we, the way we worked the match, it, everything flowed perfectly. And uh, like Bob Holly was on the show 
and I wouldn't have said the match was a Bob Holly match. He enjoyed it and said how good it was. So to get I'm, that I, feedback I, of him, Mr. Serious. Yeah. <laughs> the match itself, I wouldn't have said it was uh, a match that Bob Holly would have been a fan of. Mm. But I think he I think he understood the work and the story that we put into it. So yeah, like uh, as I say, really good chemistry with him and it's it's always a bonus when you have that thing where you click right away. Yeah. Um, and it'd be like if if you can click in the first few seconds of your match, then pff, the rest's just like a piece of cake. Just quickly then, what was Bob Holly like? I love him. I know he's not Mr. Popular online, but I fucking love Bob Holly. His book is amazing. Um, I can't say enough good things about Bob. I actually spent yes. like <laughs> I, spent quite, I spent quite a few days with him actually. Um he was actually in Carlisle for a few days before, um, yeah. maybe even a week. So, like, I, I went to the gym with him a few times, and so, like, just hanging out with him. It's bizarre going to Asda with Bob Holly. And <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh, sorry. <laughs> it's strange what he gets when he orders a packet of chicken and some baby wipes. <laughs> but no, I, I say, I, honestly, I can't, I can't say enough good things mm. about Bobby. And, uh. like, he worked a show, uh, like I dropped him off at the train, so he went to get the train to go to work another show. Mm. And he was like, can I leave my like my, my second like suitcase here? And like, will you look after it for us? I was like, yeah, it's like, it's no issue to me because it's only a suitcase. And he's like, oh, there's a, there's a box of protein cookies in there. Just help yourself to them. Just have the lot. And I was like, you didn't have to. <laughs> it's like, oh. but yeah. He's a sweetheart as well. Yes, I'm yeah. going to set up for more party online. <laughs> I, I, I understand how he can put people the wrong way. Yeah. That's just the sort of person he is. And yeah, and as I say, I, I had no issue with him whatsoever. And he, he did actually wrestle my brother. So I did enjoy him chopping the shit out of him. Wicked. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do just like I might do a Photoshop of you and Bob Holly and Astors just, just for a thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to do it this evening, but um, sorry, who oh, yeah, we've got to talk about some other names as well. Sorry, but Bob Holly, uh, much love, much love, Bob Holly. Uh, Chris Masters, yes, um, yeah, once again, he's another person that people either love or hate, mm. and I, I really enjoyed working with him. Um, he had had uh, an issue with the promoter the day before, so he. At first, he was a little bit um, frustrated, shall we say. But as soon as we got going and, like, putting ideas together, and if if I suggest something to somebody who's been in the WWE and they say, oh, yeah, that, that sounds good. I've, I'm, I'm, I've never thought of that before. Like, I'm like, yes. <laughs> and so it's, yeah, and the match itself, really enjoyable. I mm. just, dude, it was just a Chris Masters match, but, like, there was little things in it like uh, I chopped him and then I sold my hand ah, because nice. he's like he's like a wall. <laughs> so <laughs> that makes sense. And like he, you could see like by his face at the time, he's like, yeah, he enjoyed that as well. <laughs> but yeah, just little things that make matches enjoyable. I'm trying to think who else you mentioned on your list. Uh, Tommy End and Paul. Tommy End. Okay, Tommy End. Uh, the first time I worked with Tommy. It was actually like I think maybe a couple of days or a couple of days, a couple of days before, a couple of days after my youngest was due to be born. So we were maybe an hour and an hour and a half outside of Carlisle. Um, 
my heavily pregnant girlfriend was at the show, I had an absolute nightmare because everything that like Tommy was coming up with, I, I was just going blank. Mm. Like, I, I like I just thought, oh, he thinks I am the worst. Yeah. Uh, then we had the match, and it, it was fine. It wasn't. I didn't enjoy it because it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Yeah, I understand that. But I was definitely yeah preoccupied. Um, I can imagine, right? I can imagine. <laughs> and like afterwards, he gave us he gave us some tips and things, and uh, like don't get us wrong, some of the stuff I knew I knew that I could have done these things better. Yeah. But um, and then I worked with him again in a three-way match with Martin Kirby maybe a month later and just the fact that like he remembered my moves and my spots like if he throws out ideas that he knows my stuff with like like you mean I'm 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 from Carlisle I'm just a regular person to me I Mm. I don't I'm not not a superstar and the fact that he remembered my stuff I was like okay this is going to be better I can be a bit more relaxed in this match and Kirby's awesome as well yeah we just clicked together and I like for the three of us it was uh it was a lot of fun nice man well, and your best friend off. your bff i want to hear about him <laughs> so well, there's there's so much to this build up um first time i was going to work paul was 2014 and maybe a week previous i had spent two weeks with glandular fever with like a temperature oh. through the roof like hallucinating couldn't eat so luckily got got back to, to what i thought was full health went to the went to the show did like pretty much like the first spot he gives us a baseball slide on the outside of the ring i'm lying on the floor and i'm like my chest's on fire i'm like oh my god i'm gonna die here this this, this, this is gonna be horrendous um uh so i in fact i've missed a little bit a little bit of fun before that so he came to the ring with his usual going around everybody in the crowd. Yeah. So I'm sat in the ring and I'm like, okay, I've sat and I've paused for some photos with the cameraman. He's taken a long time. Watch. He actually got stuck out the fire door. So <laughs> 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 when he got back in, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out as well. So I went out and like, I was still the first of time. So I was high-fiving people in the crowd. He was high-fiving people in the crowd. We came to each other, high-fived each other. And like, taking selfies with people in the crowd and it's just like yeah this this is when people are going to remember this um so yeah then i'm nearly dying in the ring uh we we brawl on the outside he rolls me back in he does a uh a slingshot oklahoma roll type move and drives his shoulder into my elbow and i think i break my arm so like i'm in agony and he's like roll out the ring like check on yourself so i'm like i'm outside and i'm Okay, okay, it's it's sore, but I can I can carry on. So I go back in, tell him I can go. Mm. And he says, says you're gonna have to like keep track and just keep me right, fine. So do a few things. He's like every time he went to do a move, are you okay? And then so do you know what I mean? He, he checked on us the whole time, and then he went, I forgot what's next. Mm. So, so it's like, look, luckily I was keeping track, but I didn't want the pressure of like being in agony and having to keep up and then we had the match and wrestling was like that i got mm. it I, I like 14 years in i understood and it changed everything like at one point i was just like he maybe kicked out of a pinfall or something and i'm sat on the on the on the apron on the 
canvas. He's lying next to us selling. And it like I can like picture it vividly even now. And it was like that's when I realized slow down. Everybody always tells you to slow down and you think you slowed down. Yeah. And um, literally, I was literally sat down and people were biting at it for us for us to get back up and, and do the next thing. And it was like, that's it. <laughs> it's it's that simple. Then we had the match and uh it cuts a promo and um, I'm like crouching down in the corner and the way that the ring was at the venue opposite diagonally just behind the, the ring post is where my mum would stand because mm. it's like walking distance from her selling tickets so she'd always just stand there and watch and she said when he was talking and putting me over he said my mum says your, your lip was going like it was when you used to when you were little so like I was, I, didn't, I, was, I was a mess like we we just had this emotional connection yeah. and I was in tears and like we must have hugged for like a good five minutes afterwards just because it was like we had something there um, and yeah and like so that moved on and then two years later uh, I I had turned heel won one of the won one of the titles at Target Wrestling this is where I had your matches against your Ricochet your, your Jay Lethal your Shane Strickland and I was doing the, the heel thing where I'd I'd find a cheap way to finish. I either get DQ'd or the ref would get knocked out. Mm. And I'd slightly change it every time. So say one month the the referee went down and I hit them with the belt. He came around when I pinned him. The month after, the ref would go down. I tried to hit them with the belt, but they duck, hit me with something, then I kick out. And so it's like kind of the same story, but progression every time. Yeah. So then, so then uh, it got to like the leading up to the November show. Um, I announced that I wanted a uh, an opponent from like a, a big name opponent because I'd wrestled all these names and I, I wasn't getting the recognition I deserved, kind of thing. Um, and then it it ended up being Paul that was the mystery opponent. And when he came through the curtains, the place just went nuts. Like I was stood in the ring with goosebumps. Um, and it was maybe four days away from being exactly two years since our first match. And like, this is, this is long-term booking here. Yeah. Totally by accident. It just worked out that way. Um, and then we did, uh, in the match, I went through all these, these like cheap finishes and he kicked out every time. So like all my stuff. So when you had the spacesuit on. Yeah. Uh, no, it was before that. It was before he had the spacesuit on. He's got his he's got his uh, his jumpsuit on now. His red, his grey and red one. And then he beat me for the title. Mm. People, people went nuts because like like the import won the title, and it never happens. So the way that we built it up, it was just perfect. And then it was electric. Mm. But then we have some details in the match as well. <laughs> <laughs> so he's when we come up with the the plan. Okay, I want you to, to give us a back body drop on the outside. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not I'm not backdropping you on, on concrete at all. Um there's a stage though. I'll backdrop you on the stage. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Backdrop him on the stage. Referee says, Paul's bleeding. He busted his head open, there was blood everywhere. And like I just sat with my head in my hands. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so, so we carry on, do the finish. Um he hits his shooting star, yep. knocks me out, legitimately knocks me out. Oh. 
I don't come round till after the three count anyway. <laughs> so it was, it was winning. And it was just like, why, why can't we just have like a nice, safe match? Someone's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, and it just, we, we just had this chemistry that works. Mm. And yeah, like I wrestle Paul every day and he's just so good. And I mean, if you do, you're not probably going to make 50, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it'll, it'll be worth it though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, do you know what I mean? Like, nobody has anything bad to say about Paul. Mm. I know he doesn't enjoy today's wrestling yeah. as much as he used to enjoy it. And I think that like makes him lose the will to do it, if that yeah. makes sense. Like I've told him, just like packing all the stupid stuff, just do, you know what I mean? He, he's got so much charisma. I wish I had like mm. half of it. Do that. He, he, did a, he did a rumble at PCW with his arm in a sling. And like, Not he basically like, kept hold of a microphone the whole time. And people loved it. It's like, do that. Do that. Don't hurt yourself. He does have that likeable connection with the fans. <laughs> I mean, I myself, I think he's fucking awesome. I really do like him. And um, that the fact that you two sort of have this rivalry, but friendship as well, makes me happy. And I'm really glad to hear you talk about him uh, the way that you have. And I can tell that like, you're genuinely smiling about him as well. Yeah, like, honestly, like, yeah. I, I'll, I'll I talk, talk about my family a lot because it's, do you know what I mean? For me, I, I have I have wrestling and I have my family. And I don't, I'm not really bothered about anything else. Mm. That's what I need in my life. And then, like, I've got, like, Paul London, like, on the on a video call. And, like, he's talking to my daughter and stuff. And, you know what I mean? She, like, she's like, yeah, I know your friend Paul, Dad. I do. I was calm myself down. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I really enjoyed that. I want to ask, now that we have we had a good conversation with the international stars, I know there's a few more names, but I actually want to focus uh, the British wrestling scene. It's had its ups and downs over the years. Um, you've been involved in the British wrestling scene um, throughout all of it. I want to ask you what have been some of your career highlights uh, in the UK, some of your favourite locations. Do you also prefer working family shows or a more mature crowd? Okay, well, that question... For me, family show, uh, like that—that that could be my bread, bread and butter. That it's—it's it's, especially with my character. Mm. There, I can, I can do the easy things. Um, <laughs> I, I can, I can quite happily wind some kids up all day. And like we at Target Wrestling, we we have like a good mix of different shows, like kinds of shows. Mm. They're all, they're all like we don't sell any shows as as an over 18 show but likes of the shows in carlisle i mean there's a bar there's do you know I mean you do get groups of groups of lads that go to the wrestling have a few drinks and then go up the town afterwards mm. so you do get you do get some other yes. swearing i think yeah but you get as much swearing from the kids <laughs> um uh, one of their favorites is a uh, shouting shitty mattress <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm 32 years old and I'm laughing like a school kid. <laughs> hey, hey I'm, I made a t shirt and told them I hated it and they all bought it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but and then, like, I, I like the, the way, the way uh, an over 18s crowd shows, a lot of them will either like it or they don't like it. Yeah. 
Whereas if you've got a group of kids that want to be entertained, you have to learn what's going to entertain them. So that's, that's where you learn. If you go and do all your wrestling stuff, they'll maybe clap, but you need something for them to go home and go, oh, didn't I've hit that bad guy? Oh, he was my favorite. Or, do you know what I mean? That's what you want. Yeah. Like, I've had, I've had parents come up to me complaining because I wouldn't get a photo with their child. <laughs> it, would, it would annoy me as a parent. Mm. But the fact that that child was so angry that they went and told the parent about it. But you've it done like, your job. Done my job. They're going to come next time and be annoyed at me again. They already know who I am. Makes it easier. Mm. So then, you know what I mean? The, the five people next to them that weren't at the show they're just going to join in because this one kid hates us. And it's, it's yeah, that's what it is. It's it's about getting that emotional reaction from people and, mm. and kids are the best because they don't give a shit. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? It is, like, don't get us wrong, I've, I've had, like, little kids try and, like, karate kick me in the middle of a match and stuff. <laughs> and it's, like, it's a good job I'm professional or else I'll just push that child out the way. <laughs> <laughs> we're not filming the show are we just like <laughs> <laughs> although there was one there was one moment with kids that made us laugh well laugh to myself in the middle of my match so I was heel and uh, the lad the lad I was working was just one of our trainees halfway through the match a loads of kids that were like giving me abuse they all started shouting speedo because I wear trunks ah uh, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Thought... so I'm in the ring I'm in the ring I've got my opponent in a chin lock, and all I hear is pedo, pedo. <laughs> and I'm like, what? But it's like, oh, that's what they say. Yeah, that's what <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, that could have went so bad. <laughs> so that is one chance of wrestling you do not want. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's not like I could even like mention it during the match because it's like I don't want the rest of them shouting that I'm a pedo. No. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, like after the show, meeting great after Peter. Oh yeah, that was that was uh, a funny moment for me with uh, connecting with the uh, kids, and not the way that it sounded like I was connecting with them. No, no. I... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like we we when we first started, it was it was the days where you would work mainly work in men's club. Yeah. or a sports hall and you know what I mean you were lucky to get 100 people in and do you know what I mean that it, it was tough but we were wrestling that's that's all I wanted to do was wrestle mm. um and at that time going to WWE was never an option so I never put all my eggs in that basket I just went and did what I enjoyed doing yeah um and so then like doing them shows seeing them build up um and, like, the first international name that I got to work with was Pete Williams. And that was Middlesbrough Town Hall for WZW. And that was, like, it was so much fun. Um, and, I, you know I mean, I, I liked the pressure of uh, mm. going in there and kind of seeing if I could. How was the Canadian Destroyer, by the way? What is it? it looks I, like it could go wrong so easily, but what is it, what's it actually like because someone who is actually taking it? Uh, for me, it's one of my favourite moves to take. That really? Re reverse Hurricane Runners and Canadian Destroyers are my favourite. Um, yeah, I wasn't like, expecting that. No, that's fair. Um, I feel like I, I can take them quite cleanly mm. and, and safely. 
and Jimmy, you're always going to get a reaction. It does from... always pop the crowd. I mean, I do. And I then... think I do see it too much now. That's one thing as a fan myself. But yes. um... Um, and yeah, it's it is it is overdone. Yeah. Um, it's the finding something a way to make it creative. Mm. Like um, myself and Josh Terry have done it on the apron a couple of times. I did a spot with Benji, which I came up with. The, the venue that we used to use at Target, when, like I said, I had the, the, the stage, the stage was literally right behind the ring. Yeah. So because I watched too much wrestling, mm-hmm. I'd seen a clip from Mexico where the, 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 there, were the, uh, there was a lad on the, on the second rope leaning over the top rope, mm-hmm. and his opponent ran up the aisle and jumped over and gave him the destroyer off the ropes. Benji, do you fancy doing a Canadian destroyer while you jump off the stage over me and then hit me with it? And he was like, hey, I'll give it a go. And we did it, and then people just lost their minds because it just looked ridiculous. Um, but you, yeah, you were, there, there's no damage or... Not, no, it was, it was, it like, it was perfect. Um, one thing with me is I only do something if I'm confident with it. Yeah. And I need to know the logistics of it. So in, in my mind, okay, this is how it's going to work. And, like, we had, we had, like, a setup of it, and it was just like, yeah, this is, this is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, totally fine. But, yeah, like, yeah, it, it is, it's one of them moves that, like, it, it looks nasty, and it's not, it's not for me anyway. Mm. I'm, I'm sure some people were... I, I haven't seen it go wrong necessarily. The reverse hurricane, as you said, that I've seen botched so much to the point where I'm kind of sick of it being done because yeah. it rarely looks I've, good anymore. I've, 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 I've had a couple where it's gone wrong um, yeah. for various reasons. Um, but yeah, I think if it's if it's somebody that I'm that I'm used to working with, um, like it's some of me and Josh Terry always do as well. Mm. Um, and yeah. It, I enjoy doing it. And I think I think one of the things is people watch me wrestle and then they forget that although I don't do a lot, if you see me do a backflip onto my head, you have to kind of go, Jesus, he's just like nearly killed himself. <laughs> I, I, that, the, key, the key to my wrestling character is I can wrestle yeah. and it annoys people. Because I wind them up that they hate me and then they're annoyed that I've had a good match. <laughs> <laughs> No, For it's, fuck's it's, sake, it's, I enjoyed that. <laughs> and it's like it's brilliant because that's it makes them want to watch you, mm. but they want to watch you as a bad guy because they, they don't want to cheer for you. They enjoy booing you, mm. but they also get to watch a good match. <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> like once it's for them, for them it's win-win again. Yeah. So um, yeah, um, in venues uh, like for me. The venue in Carlisle where we used to run Target, it was called The Venue. And it was it was pretty much a nightclub. It rarely got used in Carlisle. And, like, it was perfect for wrestling. Mm. Like, the whole setup looked like it was made for the shows. And once once we got going and, like, we, we were getting, like, two, three hundred every month, mm-hmm. um, the atmosphere was just, you, you like, you couldn't ask for any better. And that was, people were wanting to come to the shows to experience it. They weren't even bothered about wrestling. Some of them didn't even like wrestling. They came for the night of enjoyment. Yeah. And if you can sell tickets to, wrestling tickets to people that don't like wrestling, then 
Keep Do us something. On film. <laughs> 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 that's like that's something that I think's missed by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Is wrestling's niche? It's a niche market. Why? Why would you like aim for that small percentage of people when you've got millions of people that uh, don't know about you? Doing do do something that'll get people through the door. You know what I mean? If it is why you why you pay for an import, you, you want these people that oh it's not WWE. Oh, there's somebody from WWE there. I'll go. Yeah. Um, or there's a celebrity. Oh, why is he on the wrestling show? I don't know, but it's it's like two minutes from my house. I'm gonna go. You know, what I mean? do something that gets attention. Mm. Um, you know, I've I've done radio shows. I've done newspaper interviews. Just put stuff out there and. Don't aim it at wrestling fans. Aim it at the public, because they're the ones that you want to come and spend the money. Because you don't know if you know. What I mean, the the dad who buys the, the local paper might have three three young boys who love wrestling. You know what I mean? They, they, there you go. You've just sold four tickets because the dad's got to go with them. Mm. <laughs> hey, they all want a, they all want a t-shirt. Just made more money there. <laughs> I can't argue that because I think a lot of people expect. Uh, was it like the field of dreams sort of saying like if you build it they'll come but that's not that's not the case you know you know you do have to sort of be open-minded and not just commit yourself to the diehards and I feel like some companies do that um in modern wrestling as opposed oh he's from New Japan Wrestling not everyone watches New Japan Wrestling you know like I've I've seen people in Carlisle uh, I I went to an NXT show in Liverpool once Mm -hmm. Um, I got got the train from Carlisle Somebody got on the train from Carlisle with an NXT shirt on, went into the show, and I've never seen them at a Tiger show in Carlisle. And it's like, uh, uh, how? I don't, I, mm. like, I don't, I don't understand. So there's obviously people that that maybe don't know still. It, it and that's you've you've got to kind of spread the word any possible way. Yeah, because you can't bring international um, imports every single day because it's. You know, yeah. Um, I, think I think that's what a lot of fans do forget. Oh, you should you should bring such and such. Oh, I mean, it's not that easy. Bring them over. <laughs> yeah, you pay for it and I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, wicked man. Uh, just to sort of wrap the interview up. Um, oh yeah. So what? One thing I did was asked as well. Um, who have been some of your favourite opponents in the British wrestling scene? I can't go wrong with Jodie Fleisch. Jodie. He's just unreal. Still and he's going just, strong as well, man. He's just got better and better. Yeah. Um, then we've got uh, Dean Armark. Yeah, I've only I've only worked with him on a show once, but he when when we were training in Stoke, he was one of the first that was helping us. Um, and he, one, he's another one that's just got better and better. Mm. Um, then you've got um, Josh Terry, um, Josh Morell on NXT UK. Um, Trained by Johnny Moss, but he he's like for me he's like one of the two top high fires in the country, and people have no idea how good he is because they've only seen him on NXT and he's only give a glimpse of how good he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got, I mean people that have now retired like um, once again Kirby and Carbon was one of my favourites up in the north. He was another one that just was like a, an outstanding worker, but. He was one of those people that had the head full of self-doubt and you've kind of got to just be able to, you know what I mean? We blag everything in wrestling. Nothing's real. So all our confidence is all the blag. So 
<laughs> That's all you've got to do. <laughs> it is like pe- people like people think that I'm confident because I because I wrestle and like yo, you go in front of hundreds of people and like yeah, in my underpants. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, like I'm I'm definitely like speedos okay, by the way, not pedos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I am full of like I have loads of anxiety about it. I, because I want to do so well, because it's yeah. something that I'm really bothered about. I do have, I have anxiety. Like I do my my YouTube videos on a, like I put one out every Wednesday with, has mm. a bit of talk and then I put a match out. I hate filming them because that's like, um, I hate doing it because mm. it, it needs to be done. So <laughs> you just have to blag, say, blag it and then put it out there. And once it's out there, then. Hope for the best, isn't it? Yeah, you really do. But yeah, there's so much good talent in this country. Mm. And I think hopefully now that like we've called a lot of the bad names. Yeah. Not only do we make it safer, mm-hmm. we've created so many empty spots at the top. Yeah. Like I'm I'm genuinely excited, like in a few months, maybe the end of the year, to see who has been on these shows and who's stood out. Mm. Because everybody's got a chance to make themselves a star now. Yeah. Because, like, every, there's, the problem with the UK scene was everybody used the exact same people. Yeah. And it, it, it really annoyed me because there's so much good talent that didn't even get a sniff. Mm. I mean, that's why I didn't really, like, no offence if anyone does really like it, but that's why I wasn't really that interested in NXT UK. It was just progress. Yes. It was just yeah. the same people and same Rev Pro. I watched, I mean, don't get me wrong, I watched for the first early years in York Hall because um, I'm down in Essex, so, you know, not too far of a travel. It's brilliant, but it then got to the same people. I was just like, uh, you know. And, like, we're, we're lucky at Target because we have a core of, of our, like, experienced workers between ourselves and the the trainees that have been, who, you know what I mean, they're not called trainees anymore, the, the, the wrestlers now. Mm. But then we have some, and we have some trainees as well. And then we bring in carloads from all over. And then you'll get like a big name come in. So like constantly it's fresh, but it's the same core. Mm. So it, it always feels like a target show, even though it could be a match between two people you haven't seen before. So it's always, you know what I mean? We don't like putting the same matches on that you see everywhere else. Mm. Because why, why come to our show when you could go to somewhere that's maybe a little bit closer to you or, or, or a bigger, you know what I mean, a bigger company. So it's like, yeah, it's a case fresh for people. We'll, we'll see people kind of realise that these spaces are open now. Um, and I hope mm. the promoters all realise we are all here wanting that now. We, we want to be the ones at the top now because mm. the, there is a chance. Whereas before it was like, oh, well, they're just going to use the same people over and over. So... You know what I mean? You'll, we'll 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 aim for a for a low card on a big show. Now, why why can't we be at the top? And there's so much like, especially the young talent have the potential to to like be outstanding. Mm. Um, and that's I mean that's one of the reasons why I want to help because it it makes everybody better. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's like it's like people like myself and like I think um, RJ Singh. People, people like us, and and to, to to be honest, I'm trying I'm trying to think of of safe names that have the experience. 
Dean, Dean or Mark, I said Geordie. Mm. Um, we we've been around now. We we know how it works. We we all want to help. So put us there. We I mean any any of like them four names that I've give, you could put them as a main eventer mm. against the international name. You could also put them in the opening match with a trainee, and you'd get a decent match out of a trainee who who might not be as good as the match ends up being. Yeah. There's, there's so many of us that like just love wrestling and want it to be as good as it can. So yeah, I, I say it's it's exciting. It, and like I've got a list of names that I want to work with. And especially now, I I want as many new matches as possible. I want mm. I want to be working these people that I've never met. <laughs> so do you know I mean like um, I spoke to Joe Lando a bit. I can't wait to get to work with him somewhere, just because I think it'll work. He's a sort of a point that I like working with, and I also think that I can help him solidify his matches. Yeah, and I want to do that with everybody. I, I just I want to wrestle a, a, a new person every day and just help everybody. It's it's what like I say. I love wrestling. Mm. That's that's what I want to do, and I want to have good matches because for me, that's one of the main points of wrestling. <laughs> I, I it, like I, I tweeted out the other day. It's it's the weirdest team sport ever, <laughs> and I think that after. After the the way that the last year has been and the whole speaking out movement, I think we're going to get less selfish wrestlers. Yeah, which is better for everybody. I, I'm quite happy to lose every wrestling match until I retire because it's not real, and I, I'm in, I'm in a position where my character can lose. It just gives me something else to be angry about. <laughs> so like I'm like. It, it in a way it gives you more ammo towards your yeah. character yeah absolutely um, it, it doesn't work for everybody but for me it works and if if I'm against a trainee or a local name I can give them a big win and help them not only in the ring but mm. it, it adds value to them <laughs> I actually argued with the well I want to argue I had a disagreement with the promoter at um, Discovery because we had a tag match and the, the show had a, a raffle gimmick. So all the matches were done by raffle. Yeah. So it was a tag match, uh, me and my partner against, um, it was Alan, who's the booker at, at Discovery, uh, the promoter, and uh, Randy Valentine, who's the commentator. Now, my idea was they should beat me. I, I, I'll lose clean to them. But they were like, their argument was, but we're not wrestlers. You shouldn't lose to non-wrestlers. And I was like, yeah, I'll definitely lose to a non-wrestler. <laughs> especially if it's especially if it's the promoter, the person in charge beating me. Everything, every time I lose after that, it's all just everybody's against me. Mm. <laughs> but you know I mean? it, like it's all conspiracy sort of thing. Is but at the end of the day, he's the boss. So do you know what I mean we went over? Um it's a job. That's that's my my argument with unless unless there's a good reason why a finish shouldn't go as planned, then you do as you're told. Mm. <laughs> it's a job. You don't you don't go, you don't mean you don't start your shift at Tesco and go, um, oh no, I'm not stocking the shelves today. 
<laughs> you do what the manager tells you to. Yeah. <laughs> nice, man. <laughs> now, now picturing Bret Hart and Tesco, it's like, Vince, I'm not stacking the shelves. <laughs> like, people forget, like, that's, that's the other thing with what I was saying before about, like, the target audiences and stuff. Mm. Um, there's, like, so many bigger pictures that people don't see. The, the fans don't see bigger pictures like you see uh, you see somebody complain of some a match on Raw because such and such happened, but they don't know what's happening four weeks down the line. Yeah. If something goes wrong, current day Raw, it's probably got nothing to do with what's just happened. But ideally, if if a show is booked properly four weeks down the line at the next big show, whatever, the payoff happens. Do you know what I mean? You, you've, got to, you've got to allow things to happen. You can't just go, I've seen that, I don't like it. You've, you've got to have an open mind on pretty much everything. Mm. Uh, it's fair enough if you still don't like it, but at least let them finish telling the story. And Yeah, and, I think and, we are in the, like, not necessarily us two, but I just think the younger generation are very impatient these days. Yeah, and as I say, it's, it's, it's tough because you want the, the the wrestling fans want they want them clips on on social media they want to see the gifts yeah but they also don't want them they want the, the long-term storytelling mm-hmm. so <laughs> what do you want <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it is it is trying to find a way to to give as much and as little as possible mm. because you, you, you've got to save some in the tank for whatever could be happening. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no point a wrestler going in every match doing everything I have because after three matches, you get bored. And then, you know what I mean? Hulk Hogan and John Cena, people say about them only having three, five moves, whatever. Um, they got where they were by doing that and telling the stories. So, you've, you know what I mean? Is it wrong that they've made millions by doing very little? No. Mm-hmm. They've understood their wrestling job um is it is it the same market for everybody no but you mean i only do about five moves but nobody realizes because i just make it look different Mm. (laughs) and that's (laughs) keeping it as i I said earlier keeping things fresh um i I had somebody uh make as a a top 10 moves video and it was a struggle (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I struggle to have 10 moves so, but nobody complains because my job's to get booed and to make the good guy look good yeah <laughs> so I don't need to do moves because for me the, 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 t- the technical reason behind it is you've done one training session do you know what a powerbomb from the top rope feels like? Nope Mm-mm. do you know what a punch in the face feels like? what in real life? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so why do a power bomb off the top rope and the fans go, oh, that looked like it hurt. And then you do a punch in the face, even a worked one, and people go, Jesus, didn't I fucking hit him there? Mm. You've got you've got them then. <laughs> so so doing so doing 10 wrestling moves can be nowhere near as as useful as doing one because the fans understand what that one punch in the face feels like, it connects differently to a wrestling move. 
So you can do all your fancy things as much as you want, but mm. it's it's the it's the reaction, it's it's the sell by the wrestler. People might have have hit the back on on something or like been rammed into to a wall or whatever. They understand what like hitting a wall feels like. They understand that's why that's why a bump on the outside can be so useful and it's still overused. Yeah. Use it once and then people like Jesus, he nearly killed him there. Because people people are standing on the floor, they know what it feels like. They think the wrestling rings are trampoline, <laughs> and it's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, people go on about wrestling psychology, and it's just common sense. Mm. Trying trying to make things relate to people. That's that's all it is. So yeah, it's moves don't mean anything. So so just keep it keep things simple, and and yeah, do them over and over again until people know what you're doing, and then that means. You don't do it the month after, and people think someone's totally fresh. Mm. <laughs> it, and it is, do I mean it, like if if Randy Orton's RKO, everybody knows what he's going to do when he goes for the RKO. So then the time when he doesn't do it, it's like, oh, that was new, and it's like, not really. He's just told you how he's going to set up into a move, and then like that's it. It's just um, getting the fans to think they know what's happening. Yeah. Um, and that takes repetition. And that's why wrestlers should do the same moves over and over again. That's that's what a move set's for. Um, it's it's one of the things that like um I've been talking to, to trainees and stuff about like more advanced stuff rather than just saying, Okay, well you, you did this in your match, they did you did this in the match. Um discussing why your character should do this and, and that. Mm. The amount of wrestlers that do moves that make no sense to to their finishing move, everything should be built up to it. Yeah. Um. I don't understand why you you do ten DDTs and then put a figure four leg lock on. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. It, it 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 doesn't make any sense. Um. And but then you've got a story if you if you keep it if if you always if you use a, a clothesline as a finish. Yeah. Um. There you go. You've you've hurt your arm in a, in a spot. Can't do it now. How you got? How's how's the good guy going to win when he's when he uses his arm to hit his finishing move? It, it's a story, and people shouldn't be scared to tell stories because that's what we're meant to do. Mm. And yeah, like I I often go off in tangents about wrestling. It's just no, no. I was enjoying <laughs> it, mate. I was just like a weird ass question, but I'm talking to what you're saying, and I'm actually agreeing. So <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's that's the thing. I like, um. Every, everything I try to think of, anybody that I've spoken to has agreed. I'm more than willing for somebody to disagree, mm. and I get to discuss it with them mm. because I'm more than willing to get a different outlook on things. So, but it's it's a mutual thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, like characters and stuff. Um, the sh people should have a reason why the character is what it is. Mm. How do, how does that character relate to the moves that they do because a lot of people have the character is basically everything until they get in the ring and then they have a little match mm. <laughs> it is important very important and, and and there's no there's no connection if you have if you like the one the one for me which i tend to use because it's quite a, a a decent one was uh, christopher daniels right i love christopher daniels i think i think he's brilliant the fallen angel. Yeah. So he comes to the ring in his robe. Yeah. 
sometimes like we held like a religious book sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then he then he'd get in the ring, take his robe off, and be a, a really really good independent wrestler. <laughs> what happened to the fallen angel? <laughs> where, where did he go? <laughs> yeah, no, I never really thought about that. And that, that's, that's it. That's 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 the that's the depth of wrestling that I think about. And like I'm. I say I'm not saying anything bad about Christopher Daniels. Oh no, 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 no! But it is quite funny. It's like you know, sort of this dark character, you know, religious and blah blah blah. And then he's just like, oh, actually, he's really fucking good in the ring. <laughs> and, 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 and like, if that's, a, if that's a character, great. Um, and the fact that, like, I, like I said before, I, I, I think I'm just a regular person. Like, the, the last year has made me realise that people actually care about my wrestling mm. and me as a wrestler and like I, I i scratch my head about it like the fact that even like like this, this interview here um doing podcasts was never a thing i'd even think about until last year when we couldn't wrestle yeah. because to be honest i didn't think anybody cared what i was saying <laughs> <laughs> but having these conversations people have kind of went he actually knows what he's talking about mm. <laughs> um and to say the fact that i'm saying this thing about Christopher Daniels, who's an international wrestler, means that I do know stuff. When I wrestled Roderick Strong, like, toughest wrestling match I've ever had. Like, I felt like I'd been in a fight. Not not because, like, he tried to hurt me. It's just yeah. he goes. He, he's a machine. And his finish, his planned finish was, uh, I go for, like, a cutter. He pushes us off. I'd hit the ropes, come back. He'd hit his jumping knee, punch me in the face, and then hit his finish. So go for the corner, pushes off the rope, hits us with the knee, a bump because he's just hit me in the face with a knee, and he got annoyed because he didn't get to punch me in the face as well. <laughs> and like he's, he's telling us afterwards, and I'm like, but you just need me in the face. Yeah. And and like he uh, he had me in an abdominal stretch, so I called hip toss. Then he called drop kick. So I hip tossed him and I threw a drop kick. But he threw a drop kick as well. So I was like, okay, there was a miscue somewhere. So afterwards he said, Oh no, after you hip tossed me, you were meant to hit the ropes and I was gonna drop kick you. And I was like, I didn't say anything because I like last thing I want to do is like start arguing with people who I don't mean he was PWG champion at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um after being in a McDonald's stretch. Why would I run against the ropes? It makes no sense. So the obvious thing would be, I'd do that. He'd get up off the hip toss because he was fresher. Then I'd throw a drop kick. So, like, the more I thought about it, I was like, no, I was right. (laughs) (laughs) I was right. So, you know what I mean? Well, I'm not going to argue with these people that do it for a living because Mm. I'm wanting to learn off them and they'll... You know what I mean? They might never see me again. So having having a, a, a disagreement with me is going to be irrelevant. So I just kind of let things sort of go. brushed it off, sort of. Did you ever speak to him after that again, or was it just that um, encounter? I haven't. I don't think I've seen him since. Like we actually, we actually went um, into the town afterwards and had a few drinks, and like everything was good. There was no like heat or anything. It was all just wrestling. Where you go out there and. And you do stuff, and then you come back and you talk over, and that's it. Mm. <laughs> that's the professional thing. Just go and do it, and 
there's no point like falling out with somebody over something that happened in a match because the match is over. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, I, I, I'm, and do you know what I mean? I've got bigger things to worry about than disagreements with wrestlers. <laughs> Life's too short, man. <laughs> is that's that's why that's why like my YouTube video is called Pro Wrestling is Real Life because. Mm. Real life, man. <laughs> we all have enough going on. We don't. That's why I like. I hate all the negativity in wrestling. Mm. People think that I'm like, like on these interviews and things. People think like I'm this really like enthusiastic, positive person. I'm not. I'm, I'm like I'm miserable as shit. <laughs> That's just my fate. It, it is like, and anybody that like I do my shoot job with, they they'd like, no, you're not positive. <laughs> like wrestling, like it's it's what I'm what I'm good at. It like it is, and there's too much people complaining about it. If the people in wrestling are slagging wrestling off, people who don't like it aren't gonna want to watch it. Mm. No, I'll get you, man. I'll get you. Uh, to wrap the interview up, uh, has been really good interview. Really enjoyed speaking to you. It's bloody hot, isn't it? Or is it not? Oh, wait, is it hot for you as well there? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Oh, it's, it is. yeah, man, it's really hot at the moment. Um, it's a good thing this cam- camera kind of shuts because I've got like sweat patches. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one last question, and I shall let you enjoy your evening. Favorite match of your career? I've got a feeling um, it's gonna be the Paul the one, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah, probably. I like it'll either be my match with Paul or um any of my matches with Josh with uh, Josh Terry. Josh is like my ultimate nemesis because he's he's the good looking high flying baby face to my miserable looking boring ass heel and and uh, it it just works yeah um and yeah like and we can we can go we can both like we could wrestle a a family show and Mm. have the crowd going nuts and we can wrestle like front of smart fans and they'll be going nuts so yeah, it's just uh, our our dynamics between me and Josh um, is always a lot of fun because we we have fun putting them together. I'll I'll see clips and just send them to him, and it's like, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and like as I say, me and Paul always work. Um, I enjoyed going in the ring with Jeff Cobb. Uh, he's the strongest wrestler I've ever been in the ring with. Um, I realised after the first suplex, I didn't need to spot for him. Because he, the, I'm I'm quite good at getting distance on being suplexed, and I nearly left the ring. <laughs> like, just he's unreal and like genuinely like one of the nicest people I've ever met. He's yeah. He's like honestly, he's he um, he gave my daughter a, a Matanza teddy because I told him like she would watch Lucha Underground with me. She'd be like maybe two year old at the time. And Matanza was a favourite because probably because he was the scariest looking one on the show. <laughs> <laughs> like she was taken aback by him, and yeah, like I, I, I was like I was going to bite off him just because she'd won it. Mm. So I was going to bite it, and he says, "Is it for your daughter?" And I said, "Yeah." And he just went, "Just have it." And like, pff, do you know what I mean? If that's that says something to me. Yeah. Um, like I, like I said, I have I have wrestling and I'm my kids and my family. Um, mm. And if if people are are willing to to be generous to 
to my kids, then um, I'm in debt to them mm-hmm. because people aren't <laughs> people aren't nice. You know, like it, I mean, in 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 real life, people aren't nice. Um, so when somebody is nice, it it means a lot. And you know I mean, it doesn't it doesn't have to be to be given something. It's just being polite. Yeah, um, makes a difference, you know, doesn't it? it does. And you know, these are these are just like real life <laughs> things. You know I mean, it's nothing to do with wrestling. Just just be a good person, and mm. and things get better. <laughs> and that's all it is. Be, be a good person, and good things will happen. Nice man, nice. So to wrap the interview up, I'd like for you to tell the fans and the listeners where can fans and the listeners find you on social media, and do you have anything to plug? Um, uh, at at Shading Actress is my uh, is my Twitter, um, and it's also my Instagram. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Shading Actress is my uh, my Facebook page. Um, also, I've got my uh, YouTube channel, which uh, is Shading Actress, and if you search for Pro Wrestling is Real Life, you'll you'll find a new uh, video every Wednesday. And also shadingattress.bigcartel.com for for my uh, selection of merchandise. And also a little plug for Project Wrestling Unity. It's just a little brand that I put together to to unite wrestling because it, people don't like sharing stuff because everybody has ulterior motives. Mm. Oh, he's only he's only sharing that uh, wrestling event because he wants to be on it. He's only sharing that highlight video of that wrestler because because he's the mate no it's good wrestling's good let everybody see yeah so, so it do I mean i do i do mainly use it just to share stuff that's that's the point <laughs> <laughs> share it so more people see and every wrestler on every show that they are on should be sharing the promotions stuff they should be they should be sharing the friends stuff um so yeah, I'm I'm constantly sharing stuff. People like companies that I've never met before or or worked with before, um, all over the world because the internet. <laughs> it's it's not just it's not just the 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 people in the UK. It's everybody. So why not? Yeah, just I just share everything there. So if I give them a follow, and they've got a big cartel as well, just with some uh, some fun T-shirts. It's it's not to make money. It's just, hey, if you want to buy a t-shirt, support us, mm. so we so we can keep supporting everybody else. The we actually sponsored uh, the Wrestlers Lab show uh, Alchemy on uh, on independent wrestling TV, IWTV. Um, yeah, we we uh, sponsored some of that event, so so we, it's nice to get our our logo on the. On the on the streaming service, so yeah, it's just all good, all good. Everybody, everybody should just watch wrestling. I agree with that, mate. I want to thank you for coming today. Wrestling is life. For everyone that has listened to this episode, I want you all to know that football is coming home. There will be more episodes of what you call it podcast coming out very soon. But for now, here is a word for my sponsors. 